0: Coming up on today's episode of the Locked on Bucks podcast, we are joined by senior writer and editor of Buccaneers.com, Scott Smith, to wrap up our Super Bowl 55 preview between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Kansas City Chiefs. You are Locked on Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast.
1: Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks Podcast. I'm James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we are doing over at BucksNation.com. And make sure you follow along on Twitter at Locked On Bucks at Jay Yarko underscore Bucks at D Harrison82 and at Bucks underscore nation. Before the wildcard round, we were joined by our next guest. He said he expected to be back if the Bucks made it to the Super Bowl. So here we are, senior writer and editor of Buccaneers dot com longtime friend of the show at scott s bucks on twitter ladies and gentlemen scott smith
2: yeah i feel like we we spoke it into action
0: a few weeks go. ago yeah absolutely yeah. had to speak it into existence and by god <laughs> here we are
1: yeah and of course scott obviously i mean you're incredibly busy i mean we're busy and we don't even do this for a full-time living. so we know you are busy uh so welcome back to the show we greatly appreciate you making time for us going back to that that episode james like you said you wrapped up our final episode before the playoffs started Carmen started that playoff week for us. So what better way to end the Super Bowl preview week with you and Carmen bookending our episode. So we greatly appreciate that, obviously. We asked Carmen a question on Sunday's recording, Monday's episode that we want to ask you as well. And I want to take you back third and five, 48 seconds on the clock. Chris Godwin (laughs) runs the ball slides because he's an incredibly intelligent football player. Seals the game at Lambeau Field to send the Buccaneers to the Super Bowl. What's going through your mind as that's happening?
2: Well, the funny thing was I had uh, – so we, we do our uh, – since we can't travel with the team now, we do our away game broadcast in the um, control room at Raymond James Stadium with the uh, Jeff Ryan and the Buccaneers radio team. And I had actually jumped up and high-fived my friend Jason after the, the penalty on Kevin King. Because I nice. thought that was the end of it. And, and honestly, if they had not slid, if they had not got that first down with Chris Godwin, which obviously sealed the game, and I, what a beautiful call. Was that yeah. awesome or what? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you thought they were going to, there would have been nothing wrong with running the ball with Leonard Fournette into the pile. It probably wouldn't have worked, but it would have run the clock. But that, that call was fantastic. And it just shows the preparation that not just the Bucs, many teams make to be ready to call, to pull that out at that exact moment. And so I, if we had had to, if we had run into the line with Leonard Fournette and had to punt, I think they would have had what, like 10 seconds to work with from like their own 20 probably. So it wasn't that scary of a situation. I had already kind of celebrated beforehand as I guess, as as I guess my point.
0: Yeah. Now, Scott, you've been with this team for quite a while and you have seen plenty of bad football teams in the process but now you've also seen the culmination of, of years of work and building this roster by Jason Light. How gratifying is it to see that through the missed draft picks, the frustration from fans, the doubt that people have had in him, that this finally all came together and he's starting to get the credit that he's deserved for a while now?
2: Yeah, Jason Light uh, is a ma- maestro at this point. Um, you know, you say missed draft picks because there are going to be missed draft picks that, that can't not happen if you're going to GM for any length of time you're going to miss some draft picks and everybody knows that in this business it's not a question i mean i don't think anybody thought that vernon hargraves was a bad pick when we made the pick it was it was the position that we needed it was the highest ranked guy um, you know you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. but through the weight of it all you, you look back at some of these moves and and they're all kind of coming together now and and some of it is just you you're, you're the, building an NFL roster is 52 weeks a year never stops you're always trying to upgrade at every position and you think back to um, November of 2019 when the Titans cut Aaron Stinney and the Bucks claimed him and they cut a undrafted guy they were carrying named Nate Triwin, Triwin, Truwin I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce that cuz it was an upgrade it was an upgrade to have Stenney instead of Truwin and teams do that all the time and now, a year, a season and a half later, it's paying off because Aaron Stinney has stepped in for for Alex Kappa and is keeping that offensive line strong. And you look back through Leonard Fournette at the signing of him right before the season, Antonio Brown. Bruce Arians loves to talk about the signing of Ross Cockrell, which, you know, when we signed Ross Cockrell, everybody was... Reeled with Parnell Motley, the, the mm-hmm. rookie corner at that time, and Parnell was on the active roster. And we signed Ross Cockrell to the practice squad. And after a week or so, it, I guess it became obvious to the coaches that our best bet was Ross Cockrell on the active roster. And and they tried to switch him, and Parnell Motley got claimed by somebody else, so he's moved on. But Ross Cockrell has proved to be a great addition. Helped us get through some times when uh, we had some injuries, including to to Carlton Davis. So. You know, all of these GMs around the league are constantly trying to upgrade at every position, and most of them are very good at their job. But when you make it to the Super Bowl like the Bucks have now and you see the depth on this team and you look back at some of the moves they made along the way, um, obviously signing Tom Brady <laughs> was the big one, but it's hard its hard not to laud Jason Light for being able to build a roster this deep. It's it's impressive. The Bucks have had good luck with injuries this year, and that's important, and that's usually the case with the team that makes it this far, but there have been some issues, especially in the last couple of months, and the Bucks' depth has, has shined through, so if you were looking for me to say a lot of nice things about Jason Light, then that's what I'm doing right now because I think he's done a fantastic
1: job. Yeah, I think it's well said, and there's definitely some people out there who need to hear it, I think, a little bit more. Um, and I mean, to your point, I mean, not not to add anything to what you said, because what you said is perfect, but just to kind of give a little bit of, of evidence, I suppose, if you want to call it that. Um, you know, Scott and, and our listeners, oh, I was just in Mobile uh, last week, and I saw two two Bucks personnel down there. You know what I mean? So those guys are down there scouting college players and getting their opportunity to talk to college prospects, even as the franchise, you know, as a whole and the roster is obviously. Focus on the Super Bowl so that it never it never stops, like you said. True that. When it comes to getting or staying in shape, nothing feels as good as that feeling of
0: accomplishment, of hitting your fitness goals and feeling great about yourself. Echelon can get you there. Echelon offers the next generation of connected fitness bikes, fitness mirrors, rowing machines, and their echelon stride smart treadmill. No matter what your favorite fitness activity, echelon gives you a fun and challenging workout from the comfort of your home. Their world class instructors will motivate you with thousands of daily live and on-demand studio level classes always available when you need them. And unlike their competitors, Echelon is affordable for everyone. And one membership lets up to five family members all work out at the same time. Right now, you can try any echelon fitness equipment at home for 30 days. Go to echelonfit.com/slash on. That's E C H E L O N fit.com slash locked. Locked On. More with Scott Smith of Buccaneers.com coming up on the Locked On Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're covering everything you need to know about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes.
1: Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. He is Scott Smith, senior writer and editor of Buccaneers.com, joining us this Friday to help lead all of Bucks Nation into the weekend as we prepare to witness Super Bowl 55. Uh, And Scott, to that, this season has been so special for Bucks fans, and it's been nearly two decades since they've seen their team. Uh, in this game, something we've been asked quite a bit, and, and I'm curious to get your thoughts. What similar, similarities have you noticed between this 2020 Buccaneers team and the one back in 2002 that won Super Bowl 37?
2: Similarities. Uh, if any. Yeah, it do, they don't seem like very similar teams to me at all. You know, because the 2002 team had been in the playoffs since 97 and sort of had a slow build up to where they were. and the, In 1999, the defense – emerged as basically one of the best in the league and you know there were some ups and downs over the next few years but then by 2002 that defense was one of the most legendary defenses in the history of football you know it might have seemed crazy to say that at the time but i think in retrospect it's pretty clear that that's true you know and and that team had an offense that really wasn't very highly thought of all during 2002 the offensive line was considered for most of 2002 a liability. The offense was kind of middle of the pack. Brad Johnson, by a lot of people, I don't agree with this, but by a lot of people is considered basically a game manager. Um, And then it all kind of came together right at the end, particularly in terms of the offense and the offensive line. And then the defense, which was so dominant throughout the season, was unbelievably dominant in the postseason, And I I don't think that's at all relevant to the team we have right now. Obviously, it's more of a – if you look at the numbers, it's more of an offensive-oriented team, the best offensive team we've ever had, really, if you consider points per game. And Tom Brady throwing 47 touchdowns through 19 19 games. Um, And the defense is a young team that really isn't proven yet. I mean, we love these guys, right? We love – Levante David's proven, obviously. We love Devin White. We love the young secondary, but they're in no way at the veteran unit that the 2002 team had. So I would actually argue that these two teams aren't anywhere near like each other, um, but that's kind of exciting. It's, it's kind of fun to see a different approach to winning this.
0: Scott, I'm actually like really, really glad and relieved to hear you say that because I've been asked that question two or three times now, and I have a very difficult time finding any similarities. So for you to say that, I, I feel very justified and vindicated in my answers. Of they're they're pretty different teams, but you know the the end goal and and the road has uh, has both led them to the opportunity to to hoist a Lombardi, but. Let's switch over to another team that you're rather familiar with, and the one that the Bucs are tasked with facing on Sunday. The first time around, things didn't go very well early on, but we also know from playoff results how little we can actually take away from meetings in the regular season. So how well do you think the Bucks match up with Kansas City, and more specifically, how does the Bucks defense try to neutralize all that speed that the chiefs have on offense well first of all why you say that i am so familiar with this team well i just met the chiefs in general not not specifically the 2020 chiefs but you know your history of of having gone back and worked for the chiefs yes
2: oh that's what i meant i didn't know if you knew that oh yes yes (laughs) yeah Yeah, this is the scott smith bowl here my two teams i've worked for that's right Um, i love the chiefs it's a fantastic organization and they brought me into the league and um, I was so happy when they won the Super Bowl last year. I even have some friends that work there now. So I was, I was happy for them, but I sure want them to be unhappy on Sunday. You know, you ask about how the bucks can match up against basically to me, it's the big three it's the it's Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Tyree kill. And I think I was talking about this with somebody recently about how it's kind of like a big three in a, all these NBA super teams want to have these big threes and they on the court, they have sort of a gravity in that like one guy draws people away from other guys and that helps everybody involved. And I think that's the case with the chiefs. I mean, Travis Kelsey is a master at, at finding openings in zone defenses or these like pivot routes and so on. He just is so good at, at running routes that, It gets man coverage that gets him open in the middle of the field Tyreek Hill you have to decide if you want to cover him tight and then give up the possibility of he beats your press coverage and runs deep and no corner can catch that or you lay off a little bit and they throw it underneath to him and he gets all the yak in the world and then Patrick Mahomes leads the NFL in yards created while running um, with 951 so every one of those three guys sort of has a gravity that pulls defenders towards them that helps all the other three. So that's the issue that every defense has to face against them. And how do you stop that? Well, it's a tough question, right? I mean, I think you just have to rely on Todd Bowles to come up with a good defensive game plan and mix things up and disguise things. And what more can you say, really? I mean, you just play the best defense you can possibly play and, and, and hope for the best.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that's why Todd Bowles is getting paid to do what he does because most of us out here can't really put a finger on exactly what it is that they're going to do. Uh, but, you know, he's, he's shown time and time again, that he can make it happen. And uh, as you just chronicled there, Scott, a lot, you know, the stars and the, and the big names in this game are going to have their impact on the Super Bowl, obviously, but uh, something that we've been talking about across a locked on network, especially on locked on today, our, our new show here is under the radar guys and defensive back with Sneed was identified by Locked On Chiefs host Ryan Tracy as, as their under-the-radar guy. I identified Mike Edwards as a Buccaneers player that could be under the radar, that could have an impact. Uh, you did so well with our hidden hero in the in the beginning of the year. So I have to ask you, who would be your under-the-radar guy for the Bucs to rely on, for for the Bucks fans to possibly look for to to make a really big play that helps kind of seal this game or turn the tide in this game?
2: Well, before I could answer that, I'd like to say I, I like that answer by that guy, the Chiefs guy, is yeah. LeJarrius Sneed. Um, you know, they, I think their outside corners, Traverius Ward and Bash- Bashad Breland, have been, you know, good, but not necessarily awesome, right? And I think we got some options, some opportunities on the outside against those guys, but LeJarrius Sneed has been very good, and that sets up a really good uh, matchup with Chris Godwin uh, because, you know, he, he ends up playing about 45 to 49 percent of his plays in the slot and that's where luxurious need is most of the time so that matchup could be very important um so i think that's a good call by him for us uh, an un unheralded guy that could be make a difference is that what you're asking me
1: yeah exactly yeah we call him under the radar unheralded is the same thing yeah
2: under the radar guy I guess I'll say Scotty Miller because he he could hit a he could hit a big play. And I know that's the guy you were teasing, as the guy said at the very, very beginning of the season. I just don't think it's really going to come down to the unheralded guys. I think it's going to I think it's going to be the Chris Goblins and the Mike Evans and the Antonio Browns who practice without limitations Mm -hmm. on Thursday. Beyond that, who are the unheralded guys on this team? Scotty Miller, I guess. I, I
1: don't know. That is kind of the hard decision, and I'll, and I'll tell you, something when I recorded my video for the Locked On Today question of the day, which that was, I even mentioned, like, Scotty Miller is a guy that comes to mind, but uh, especially after his comments about beating Tyreek Hill in a foot race, I don't know how, how unknown he really is right now, so I so that's why I kind of went in the direction of Mike Edwards, so yeah, I mean, you, you're, you definitely have a good point there.
2: Oh, Mike Edwards is a good call. Yeah, I, I forgot I could do the other side of the defense.
1: Yeah, well, and, and Scott, you led me perfectly into,
0: in, into something that I wanted to ask you, and that's, you know, we've talked all year long about all these weapons for the Buccaneers and, and the Evans and the Godwins and the Gronks and A.B. Rojo, but in key moments against the Saints and the Packers, Brady has looked to Tyler Johnson, Cameron Brake Scotty Miller, and we know what Cameron Bray could do, but as far as his production this season or his opportunity this season, it's dwindled rather significantly than the Cam Brait we're all used to. Um, I did ask Tyler about that, and he said he still thinks that it's crazy that Tom trusts him in those situations, but he's a confident player, and he expects himself to make those plays. Is it a matter of, of Tom Brady trusting his guys implicitly, or is he looking to them in those key moments to take advantage of a defense that expects the ball to go to one of those big-name guys?
2: Honestly, I think he's just, he's just targeting the open guy. Like on the play that um, Tyler Johnson drew the passenger fence call in green Bay. I don't think they probably drew that play up for Tyler Johnson. I think Brady just saw him as the open guy. And if you look at the replay of that, I think there were probably some Packers fans that were upset that that penalty was called, especially on a day when they appeared to be unwilling to throw flags the entire day. And then they throw that one, but it, it, they might. Some Packers fans might have thought that that pass was uncatchable, but I'm not sure that was the case. I think um, if, if the if Kevin King hadn't been holding on to his jersey like that, I think that pass might have been right on target for Tyler Johnson, and it was just a matter of, of of Tom Brady having time. I think that's a key point: having time as he has had through this seven game winning streak to go through his progressions, and he found the guy that was open. On a third down, he's throwing the ball, you know, 15, 20 yards downfield, which we've seen so much of, and that can be frustrating or awesome when it works, and I think he was just the open guy. Uh, I don't think Tom Brady was uh, had a special connection with Tyler Johnson or was trusting the rookie or anything. He was just finding the open guy,
0: Today's episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast is brought to you in part by our good friends over at BetOnline. Are you ready for Super Bowl 55? You have the NBA, you have college basketball, you have NHL, and you have the Major League Baseball season kicking off in just a few short weeks. There's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust, BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at BetOnline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Wrapping things up here on a Friday edition of the Locked On Bucks podcast. And 2020 is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcasts. Scott Smith, senior writer and editor of buccaneers.com joins us to preview Super Bowl 55 between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Kansas City Chiefs. Of course, you can find him at buccaneers.com and on Twitter at Scott S. Bucks. And Scott, we're going to play a little game. You know how we love games on this show, but this should be an easy one. We're going to dive into a little Super Bowl themed rapid fire. Does that sound good? Oh, sure. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Rapid fire. All right, Scott, if you're attending a Super Bowl party, what food has to be at the party or else that party is going to be a bust? nachos you and carmen both said nachos that's ah. interesting wow.
0: and my wife agrees with both of them that's we're, we're making a nacho bar for yes for our super nacho bowl bar. viewing. great idea uh it's, it's gonna be fantastic all right what is your all-time favorite super bowl halftime show Um uh, prince oh, i love prince
1: yeah absolutely your favorite media session moment from this week
2: Ooh, god there's been so many it's hard to remember them all I guess I guess it was when Bruce. Uh, I guess it was when Tom Brady said that next year was going to be better. Did you guys catch that one?
0: Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Did did see that one? And uh, yeah, that's that's exciting to hear. And you know what? I believe <laughs> him. Uh, do you have any game day rituals, traditions, superstitions?
2: I'm a superstitious guy when it comes to sports in general. Uh, with my teams. But I don't have any particular rituals. So it's just it gets built up. Like if you were wearing this or that, then you keep wearing them, that kind of thing. But I don't have anything that is in
1: bearing to this Super Bowl. We haven't seen you in a while, Scott. Actually, do you have a do you have a playoff beard?
2: No, I, I thought about it. And uh in the quarantine, you really don't have to shave very often. So uh it's it's come and gone, but no, not me.
1: Oh, okay. Um, all time favorite Super Bowl moment. Excluding anything that happened in Super Bowl 37. Oh, shit.
2: <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I was preparing my answers and then, oh my goodness. Uh, like, I care about the other Super Bowls. Um, All time favorite Super Bowl moment, not including the one we were in. I guess maybe the um, Malcolm Butler
0: interception. Yeah, that's a good moment. Absolutely. All right. What was your favorite moment up? until this point in what was really just an absolutely crazy season from beginning to end
2: up until this point, my favorite moment of the season. That's what you're asking.
0: Yeah. Just, yeah. It, it could be a, a game. It could be uh, an interaction that you had. It could be, you know, enjoying getting to do stuff from home through zoom, ah. instead of having to actually get up and go to work. Yeah, it, that's, it could be that, anything. That's
2: definitely not
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, it could be appearing on the Locked On Books podcast, you know, whatever. <laughs> well, that's way up there,
2: but I think uh, I think when um, I think what the high five with my friend in the uh, control room at the press box after the uh, flag came in on the Tyler Johnson play in Green Bay because there was just that pause, and we're like, wasn't that? A, wasn't that? A, we all thought that was a a penalty and we're like, where's the flag? Where's the flag? And then the flag came in. And I know I know you guys think the Chris Godwin run was what ended it, but I personally think that was the play that ended it. And you know, we jumped up and high-fived each other, which we don't normally get to do when we're at a game because we have to keep some decorum, but we weren't at the game. Uh I don't know. That that release and that realized that realization that we're actually going back to the Super Bowl was pretty amazing.
1: Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And, and I'll tell you, Scott, I mean, uh, I tweeted the, you know, Bucs winner going to the Super Bowl, call us with your voicemails, tweets after that flag. So I'm, I'm with you on that, that was <laughs> the ending point of that game. Uh, although I did realize very quickly that it technically wasn't the end of the game. It's was like, oh, please don't bite <laughs> me in the butt, but it didn't. So, all right, Scott, final question for you right now. Uh, Super Bowl MVP prediction. So obviously it's usually a quarterback, but from each side of the ball.
2: Yeah, I like that question. And you guys all know that, if the quarterback is pretty good and they win, he's, he's the MVP. So we're just, we put that to the side, right? I, I right. think Mike Evans has a chance here. I like his matchup against Charverius Ward or Bushad Breland. I like the fact that they press and you have a chance to make big plays. They blitz a lot. I just think that we have a chance. The opportunities are there for some big plays with Tom Brady and Mike Evans. And the, you know, If he scores two touchdowns and we're, we're already saying Tom Brady isn't the choice, I think he's got a real good shot. On the, on the defensive side of the ball, I was going to say Shaq Barrett because of the opportunities <laughs> against their reworked tackles uh, situation that he could have two or three sacks, be like a Von Miller in Super Bowl 50 against Mike Rimmers. But I just watched a video of Devin White, Um, It was just randomly right before we started doing this. I watched a video of like his best plays of the game of the season and his closing speed is insane. It's insane. When he decides to rush the passer on a delayed rush, he gets there so fast. And he also has the possibility to make forced fumbles, um, you know, uh, interceptions just he's a big play waiting to happen. And I think, there's a chance that Devin white absolutely blows up in this super bowl. So that'll be my choice on the defensive side of the
1: ball. Yeah. You know, Scott, I was talking to a bucks fan actually earlier today and he asked me, he said, you know, what do you think Devin white's going to do in this game? I said, you know, the crazy thing about Devin white is there are things that would be considered bold predictions that you say them out loud and you still don't feel like they're actually maybe even a bold prediction. And I said to him, for example, if I told you that Devin white was going to have two takeaways one interception for a pick 6 and two sacks in the in the Super Bowl would you think that's out of the, out of the out out of the question or a, a bold prediction even he said no not really so well there you go cuz that's a pretty amazing Super Bowl if if that actually happened
2: i think you just uh, made my argument for me good job
0: well yeah.
1: <laughs> well speaking of bold predictions it is that time
0: to get into our bold and our score predictions and of course Scott you are going to abstain from the score prediction but we're going to go ahead and dive into bold predictions david and i have already given those on bucks nation uh, those have run throughout the week, each staff member has put one up a day and, and we'll go ahead and recap ours, but let's let you lead off with the big unveiling of your bold prediction.
2: Okay. Um, the Buccaneers defense um, produces three takeaways and that's the difference in the game.
0: I love that. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right, David, your bold prediction.
1: Yeah. So my bold prediction was kind of uh, uh, tapping into something that's, that's been a little bit too much of a trend for unfortunate reasons. Obviously, Even though the Buccaneers have been obviously winning all postseason or else they wouldn't be playing this weekend, uh, there have been some drop issues with their star players. Chris Godwin and Mike Evans have kind of split duties and having some rough moments during the postseason. So my bold prediction for this game is that the two of them, Godwin and Mike Evans, would combine for at least 15 targets, and neither of them is going to have a drop. And one of them is going to become Tom Brady's all-time leading receiver in a Super Bowl game, uh, surpassing Danny Amendola which is kind of weird. Um, I think it was 155 yards is what they need if if I remember correctly.
0: Well, David, if your bold prediction comes true, that means mine won't because I also went on the offensive side of the ball and I have predicted something that has not happened since Super Bowl 32. I say that Leonard Fournette will go for over 100 yards rushing and get two rushing touchdowns that a running back has not gone for over 100 yards with two rushing touchdowns in a Super Bowl since Terrell Davis ran for over 150 and three touchdowns against the Green Bay Packers
1: yeah and then James I'll go right into my score prediction and I know I know I know my score prediction is higher than (laughs) pretty much anybody else's Um, all offseason or all offseason all postseason I've been saying that the first team to 30 in a Buccaneers postseason game is going to get the win and I've been correct this is the Super Bowl it's Patrick Mahomes I just feel like the ante has to be raised. The stakes have to be raised. So I went on record and I said the first team to 40 is going to win this game. And I don't think it's going to be a blowout either way. So I got the Bucks winning 42 to 38.
0: I'm sticking with your first team to 30 mantra. Um, and I will take the Buccaneers to win this one 34 to 30.
1: I absolutely dig that. And then James, before we get out of here and Scott, unfortunately, before we let you go, I know you're waiting uh, to get away from us <laughs> as, as much as you love being on the show. Um, Earlier this week, uh, James, you had your solo episode, right? And and you you wrapped up the episode by kind of getting a little bit uh vulnerable we'll say with with our audience and we've done that from time to time i mean scott i don't know if you're aware of this but james and i have literally cried together on air um on on this episode or on this show to our audience and and we haven't hidden those types of things that are going on in our lives from time to time this is obviously a big moment for everybody that is involved with the buccaneers whether you work for them like you do scott and you're entrenching that franchise as as much a piece of that franchise as as anything is really Um, or you just cover them from a distance like James and I do sometimes from up close and personal and we have the opportunities and and COVID isn't in existence or you're a fan or you're just somebody who kind of casually watches football. And I don't have the tear jerking, you know, uh, monologue that James was able to throw down, but I do have a lot of appreciation in me. and, and, Part of that, Scott, is for you. And and so I thought it was perfect that you're coming on for this episode, so I saved my opportunity to kind of express my appreciation to you. You and I first met physically, you know, in person in October of 2017, Um, and you have been great to me personally and professionally. Uh, You've been great to James as well. well. You've been great to this show. And, I mean, let's just call it what it is. Your presence on this show uh, has given both of us as writers, as podcasters, credibility that I don't think we could have gained uh, by ourselves, you know, w- over over a period of time. So we greatly appreciate the time that you've given to us, that you've the expertise that you've lent to us. Um, so I just wanted to, to do that on air and share my appreciation with you. And then Scott, I also want to ask you, how did you get into sports journalism? We know some of your history, Kansas City, and and, and all that stuff, but what motivated you to get into sports journalism?
2: Well, first of all, David, you're way too kind to me. Um, I think we're much <laughs> more equal colleagues um, than you would indicate um and i do remember that meeting in buffalo right Mm -hmm. Uh, we had wings yep um that was great uh i and in terms of personal connections here as we're talking about this one (laughs) the super bowl here um my son is 18 years old and he's or he's not 18 yet but he's going to be and he's going to get to go to the super bowl um because the glazers were the Glazer family was so kind to all of us to give everybody on staff two, two tickets to go to the Super Bowl, which is in, incredibly impressive considering the limited uh, capacity at the stadium. So mm-hmm. my wife and, and my son are going to go to the Super Bowl. And why that's important to me, I guess, or interesting at least, is that uh, in 2002, when we went to the Super Bowl, um, the Glazers flew everybody's everybody was in the traveling party they flew their um spouses out to um san diego to go to the game and spend a good portion of the week there and my wife was actually pregnant with my child alex at the time and so he was at the super bowl in utero if you will (laughs) so it's kind of i don't know it, it it kind of means a lot to me
1: yeah Scott, we appreciate you so much. And and we appreciate you sharing that uh, with us. uh, Um, Yeah.
2: In terms of getting into the league, uh, you asked me about that, right? Yes, I did. Uh, I was a a communications major at uh, Northwestern University. And I was working in sports information, uh, which is basically like PR for college sports. And there was a, a sign on the bulletin board when I was a senior of the Chiefs, the Kansas City Chiefs, who are playing in the Super Bowl now, who were looking for an intern, and they normally got their interns from Kansas or Kansas State, but they decided to uh, expand their their look a little bit, and they went to Notre Dame and Chicago, school, Chicago schools and so on, and so I got an interview with them, and, and I got the internship, and that's where it all began, so um, this Super Bowl is kind of incredible for me
0: that that's outstanding scott thank you so much for for sharing that and and yeah i mean when when i went on my monologue i i talked about how my dad had inspired me to get into this and now i have an opportunity to share this moment with my with my dad and my son um and that's you know that's kind of what what david and i have talked about a lot is how how great these moments are and how regardless of the of the result on sunday Everyone needs to kind of cherish and, and enjoy this run, especially in the time that we're living in right now. Enjoy the watching this game with, with your family, with your friends, with whoever you can be around and, and continue to be safe. And just relish in the moment because it could be 18 more years before you ever get the opportunity to do it again. Good point. So all right. Well, Scott, thank you so so much for joining us. We always love having you on here. We we love having these conversations. And like you said before we started recording, we could we could talk about this game for hours and hours, but your time is is certainly valuable. But really excited to have you coming back on the show uh during the offseason and, and we can talk about you know, as as many random topics as you'd like and, and it'll all eventually circle back to the Buccaneers. And yeah, thank you again for for coming on and have a great time at, at Super Bowl fifty five. Thanks, guys. Always always enjoy it. You guys are great. All right, and of course, you can check out Scott over at Buccaneers.com. Follow him on Twitter at Scott S. Bucks. Check out everything David and I are doing over at BucksNation.com. Follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JARCO underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Don't forget to send in your post-game voicemails to 813-444-5841. It is here. We have made it to the end of the week. Super Bowl 55 is just two days away your Tampa Bay Buccaneers for taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. Hope you all have an absolutely life-changing weekend. Stay safe, stay healthy, wash your hands, be good to each other. We thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked on Bucks.